Take your Bible this morning to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. And uh, looking forward to what... Uh, looking forward to... I, I can tell you this. Every year I look forward to this day. Uh, it's an exciting day uh, to see what God is going to do. And uh, I'm sure this several times, but uh, back the first service that I preached and the first time that we here, we lived in the upstairs of the church. Some of you remember that. Uh, and that was in April of 2012 uh, that we lived upstairs in the church. First came here, like 15, 20 people. Super excited at 25 on that first Easter Sunday, I preached. And uh, at that time, Pastor Harvey was preaching in the morning and I was preaching at night and on Wednesday nights. And uh, he had me preach all day. You know, welcome, you know, preach all day. I was excited. Uh, 25 people. And uh, that Sunday night, I was like, man, everyone's going to come back. And uh, it was my family, it was the Harveys, and it was Anita and her family. That was it. Uh, there was like, and oh, Brother Coe, sorry, I forgot, I almost got you, Brother Coe. Brother Coe was there. And, uh, and uh, that was all we had. But now we see what the Lord's done. And the one thing that I prayed that Saturday night before, and I came in this auditorium, and I stood on this platform. I beg God, I said, God, do something great. And uh, so I'm not much, but do something great. And God has and continues to. And every year, we strive to continue on in what God would have us do. And I've uh, been excited. Now, I know COVID kind of threw us for a loop for about a year in 2020, 2021. But the last two years, I know we've been trying to build back. And I think we've got our momentum back again. And I know a lot of churches are struggling with that. Our church bounced right back. And I uh, was talking to some pastors and uh, people that are still live streaming aren't coming to church, uh, even three and four years later. Uh, so just thankful for everyone that's here. And so the theme, uh, last year we looked at the holiness of God, how important it is to keep separate from the world. Uh, not, so, not for the sake of being holy, not for just the sake, uh, it is important to be holy, be pure, but not just for pureness sake, but for a purpose. The purpose being, to make us effective for the Lord. I love Sunday school this morning, uh, how the lesson was how to be a good soldier for the Lord. Uh, in order for us to be that good soldier, there must be purity in our life. But what's the next step? What, uh, what should we be doing? What, as God's people, should we be about uh, as our Father's business? What should we be doing? And so the theme for this year is based on this passage, Colossians 2. Uh, and Brother Coe, if you go ahead and put that slide up, as revealed, this is built up in Christ is our theme for this year. Built up in Christ, Colossians 2, 7, which we will read in just a moment. That's also the theme of the, the title of the sermon this morning. Uh, and this has two aspects to it. Uh, maybe you're here today, maybe you're a new Christian. Maybe uh, you're maybe you've been saved a number of years and you've never had anyone take a Bible and show you how to learn from or how to study it or been discipled. Uh, I want to encourage you in the new year. Uh, we're going to have some opportunities for you to learn in that way. Uh, but perhaps some of you here today, I know there's several that have been saved for many years and you know a lot about the Bible. Uh, and you know you've grown in the Lord and God has done wonderful things in your lives. Can I challenge you in this year? Will you? Teach someone else how to live the same way? Will you take the challenge of helping build someone up in Christ? And that's what our theme is this year. We're going to meet the needs of those that need to be built up. But also my goal is to teach you as a church family 
how you can build up other people in Christ. Because I do it as your pastor, but it's our job, the job of all Christians to disciple others. I know many of you already do that. Uh, but I want to encourage you with that. Maybe like, how do I even start? Where do I even begin? Uh, and that's going to be revealed, some of that in this morning and more of that tonight. Uh, but let's look at Colossians chapter 2. If we could stand out of respect for the ring of the Word of God, Colossians 2 in verses 6 through 15, uh, but especially emphasizing verse number 7. Verse number 7 this morning, but uh, Colossians 2 verse 6. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are, here it is, complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are, are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. What a blessing. Having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Can we get an amen? Amen. amen. Verse 15, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let's pray. Dearly Father, I pray that you would bless this morning, and Lord, that we would take the challenge to be built up in you. For Lord, there are other things that wish to build us up. The devil wishes to build us into his image. Lord, I pray this morning that we would make a commitment today to be built up in you. And Lord, many have already made that commitment. I pray that they would determine, dear Lord, that you would bring someone into their life that they can help build up in yourself and in your knowledge and in your word. I pray your blessing this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. May be seated. Built up in Christ. What does that exactly mean? And we see in this passage, beginning in verse number six, there is a progression of where we begin and where it all ends. I'm so glad that we have the Word of God that shows us the end from the beginning and shows us where we begin and shows us where we ought to go and shows us how it ends. And this morning, being built up in Christ, this isn't a novel idea. It isn't a novel theme. Maybe you've heard it before. But let's ask a question this morning. Are you rooted and built up in Christ? Or are you rooted in something else? But how do we get to that place? Well, number one, we see in verse number six, there's a requirement. And number one is receive Christ. It says here, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. In order for you to please God, in order for God to be able to begin the building, for God to be able to begin working in your life, he first must be spiritually alive and receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. And we know that in 1 Corinthians 3.11, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. 
The foundation of a life of a Christian is that of Christ. Not just the teachings of Jesus, that's what you build upon the foundation. But Christ himself, the chief cornerstone, the foundation of our life, he must be the foundation and that is through salvation. We see in verse 13 that we are guilty. We see the end of the verse, uh, beginning of verse, and you being dead in your sins and uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him, having, here it is, forgiven you all trespasses. For all have sinned to come short of the glory of God. And when Jesus died on that cross, he nailed it, as it says here, was nailed to the cross, and he forgave you all those sins. He set you free from the law of sin and death, the bondage of sin. And if you have not received Christ today, do it today. Amen. Do it today. Maybe you've put it off. Maybe you have questions about it. We want to take a Bible and show you so you can have those questions settled. Here it is. But for those of you who have already done that, this is the foundation. There isn't the foundation of all the things that go on today. A lot of false foundations out there. Well, I must have uh, a good economic standing. That's a good foundation, right? That's a good foundation to build on. Well, I need to have the right uh, emotional and psychological profile. I need to build on that first. You know, uh, we don't build our lives on psychology. We don't build our lives on the trends of the day. We don't build our life on finances. We don't build our life on personalities. We build our life on... Christ Jesus. That's the foundation. Amen. All right, here, let's get awake this morning. This is an exciting day. The foundation. You need to be saved. Are you saved today? That's where you begin. Okay, now it's all right. Verse 6, I'm received Christ Jesus, the Lord. Here it is. Here's the command. So walk ye in him. You're in him. You brought into the family of God. Our identity is in Christ. The foundation is in Christ. We're on the ground floor. Now what do I do? Walk. Walk ye in him. What does that mean? To live as he would have you live. But here's the question. How? How is a great question. And it's a question that is not wrong to ask. Let's look at the the second part. So first, we need to receive Christ. Second, we need to be rooted in Christ. Uh, verse number seven, rooted and built up in him. Rooted and built up in him. Okay, we have the foundation. And just as a living tree, we see that in Psalm 1, verse number 3. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Amen. Rooted. Are you making an effort? Are you saying this is where my foundation is and I'm going to live according to where this foundation is and according to what I learned from Christ and what I learned from the word of God, I'm going to apply it and I'm going to live by it. I'm going to walk in it. That's why you put roots down. But rooted and here it says built up. Building is fun. I like building. Uh, I like fixing vehicles. You know, I'm mechanical. I love doing that and fixing, building it. I love doing building projects. You know, doing this one was, it was a lot of work, but man, it was great to see at the end. Uh, But many times we look at the building, maybe you've gone to some great architectural buildings and you're like, wow, man, these are just amazing. These are wonderful. 
And maybe you look and you look at that and you're like, but I can never do anything like that. I don't have the skills to do something like that. And, uh, and, you know, can we do the same thing when we look at other people's lives? We see godly Christian people and we see people that love the Lord. Like, wow, God has built a wonderful building. I could never be like that. You know, I'm just not, it's just he got the spiritual lottery, you know, or she got the spiritual lottery. Oh, here's the most common one. Oh, they just have all the family. They just have the family, you know. They, got, they were born into a spiritual household and a good family. And uh, they were, can I just tell you something? That's the same lie that says people are saved because they got born into a Christian home. doesn't matter what home you're born into. Because a Christian home doesn't guarantee you spiritual success at all. Ask a lot of preachers whose kids have gone by the wayside. That doesn't guarantee you salvation. It doesn't guarantee you spiritual success as much as the world wants you to think, well, you grew up wrong. You grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. You grew up in an abusive situation or you grew up in a terrible example as their parents were terrible examples and they hardly loved or cared about you. You're always going to be spiritually handicapped. That's a lie. It's not true. It's about whether or not you want to root yourself in Christ or not. Because to be honest, when people come from those situations, they have trust issues with God. It doesn't matter what your family background is. You can be as God desires you to be. He wants to build you. We just talked about the auditorium project here. And you know, we had, uh, our, we, when we got the, the supplies in, they were brought in. I remember we had a big stack of wood sitting right over here. We had all the pews out, all the carpet out. Had a big stack of pews over here. We had a pallet full of uh, the flooring over here. Uh, you know, we had gallons of paint. Everything was here, but it wasn't together like this. And how many of you would you say, hey, you know what? Go and do all those things and build, do the auditorium renovation. How, would you know how to do it? I know I wouldn't know how to do it because I know Brother Davis had shown me a picture of what he was thinking and and I'm seeing the stuff, and I'm seeing everything ripped apart, and I'm seeing, and you ever wonder, is this going to go back together and look better than it did before? You know, I'm one of those people, I, I trust you, because I don't know how to do that. And you know, sometimes we expect people when they're newborn babes in Christ, or maybe they've never been discipled, and we wonder why they're not getting it, and they're wondering why they're not growing, because maybe they've never had anybody to show them. Because they don't, just as you wouldn't know how to build something like this, the only way you would know is if someone taught you how. And that's what we need to do as God's people, rooted and built up in Christ. If you have been rooted, let's remember something. If you know something about the Lord, what do you always, many of you do? Many of you point back to pastors you've had in your past. You point to Sunday school teachers. You point to your parents. You point to people that taught you in your life, that built you up. Who are you building? Who are you building? You ought to be building somebody. You ought to be helping that, passing that knowledge on. And we live in a day, though, where we look at and say, well, I don't know how to deal with today's issues. That's okay. God already deals with them. Right here in the Word of God. Well, I don't know what to say to people. The Bible tells you what to say. Stop worrying about that. Do you know how to live for God? Well, yes. Do you know how to be faithful to God? Well, yes. Then teach that to somebody else. Just as you're faithful, teach them how you study the Bible. Teach them how you memorize the word of God. Just teach them, pass it on. Encourage people in that. Because it says here in verse 7, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith. And what's the next phrase? Set up by commas. As ye have 
been what? Taught. Someone taught you. Someone taught me. I have some of you I've taught you, and others have taught you in your life. That's how you established yourself in the faith of Christ and how you live for God, because you've been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Who did the teaching? Of course, you know that Paul did the teaching here in the church at Colossae. The problem is that we live in a day where God and the Bible are foreign, and those that are mature in the faith need to teach those who are new to the faith about how to live for God. However, can I say this? There's a communication gap and a knowledge gap of how to help. Feel intimidated by the world we live in. You know, if a sodomite came out, came to us and said, how do I be saved? How do I get rid of this lifestyle? We wouldn't know the first thing to tell him. We think. That's how we think. That's what the world wants. Oh, you're not equipped to handle this. You don't know what to tell these people. Yes, you do. You need to tell them what the Word of God says. Just as to take up your cross and follow me. Point them to Christ. Point them that it's sin and that sin can be delivered from. Amen. And to live for God. That's all. It's not, uh, well, these certain sins require a specific formula. No, it's the same for all. Show them where the sin is and show them what Christ wants to do for them. As I taught this morning in Sunday school in my devotions in uh, Hebrews 10, 18, that Christ wants to run and help and aid and deliver from. And to secure means to run and to aid, deliver from temptation, to deliver from sin. That's what Christ wants to do. Can you imagine that? The idea here that Christ, the King of glory, the Lord of lords, wants to run to your aid. Amen. That's an encouragement. God is not far away. God's right with us when we need him. Amen. So here it is. Where is our root? But where is your root system located? Where, what are you rooted in this morning? Are you rooted in the word of God? I hope that you are. But if you're not this morning, you can do a transplant. Are you rooted in yourself? Are you rooted in your plans? Are you rooted in uh, the, the philosophies of this world? If not, then ask God to transplant you to the place where you can spiritually grow because you'll never spiritually grow if you're not rooted in Christ. You'll never receive nourishment. The foundation, the rock that is Christ, there is nourishment there. There is protection there. But can I say this today? There are few that actually want to get rooted in anything because if you want to get rooted, it requires a word called work. I know, I know. Work. Discipline, as we looked at this morning in Sunday school, saying no to some things if you want to grow in the Lord. Let's look at verse number eight. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. This is the alternate uh, root system that you can root yourself in, that you can root yourself in, uh, what does it say here? Uh, philosophy and vain deceit. After, here it is, the tradition of men. After the rudiments, meaning the structure of the world, and not after Christ. So you have an option. Either you root yourself in Christ or you root yourself in the world. Where are you rooted this morning? Are you rooted in Christ? If you're not, get rooted in him today. If you haven't received Christ, receive him. But then we see, why is that? For verse 9, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Verse 10, and ye are, here it is, complete in him. It's number three. So first we receive Christ. Second, we're rooted in Christ. And then number three, after we're rooted and we grow, we can be complete in Christ. 
But not only this, it said, ye are complete. Not you will be. You are complete in Christ. What does that mean? Christ has everything that we'll ever need. I'll say that again. Christ has everything we'll ever need. Uh, Your joy and happiness isn't found in your bank account. It isn't found in success in life. It is found in Christ. And that is where I think sometimes the world's philosophies get intertwined into Christianity, that it's Christ plus something else. I must do something great and glorious and have this great spiritual quest that I must accomplish. And we miss what sits right in front of us. You know, I, I, uh, I need to go and do, I need to go across the sea. By the way, I'm not saying we need missionaries, amen, around the world. But some people run all the way across the world and realize that they missed out with what God had right in front of them. I'm not saying everybody's called the missions that they're running away. I didn't say that. I said there are some that have done that. They get over to the field and they fail and they fall. Why? Because they were, they felt like they had to have some great accomplishment in life instead of the faithful things that God had for them. Need to be careful of that. Complete in Christ. We do not need any psychological entrapments in order to have joy. Well, I need to see, you know, if I go to church Sunday morning. By the way, uh, coming to church is not your therapy sessions. Okay, some people treat church like that. Well, I went my son, I went to Sunday morning, I went to Sunday, I went to Wednesday night, and I feel better for the week. Uh, Christ is not therapy. Christ is all in all. Amen. Uh, and then, well, I went to church, and then I saw my therapist this week, and I did this, and I did this, and I did this, and now I'm, I'm good. No, Christ is everything. Complete in him. Jesus has done it all and provided all that we need. Are we willing to build with just God's building materials? Because he has given us a complete salvation. When he said it is finished, it's completed. As it says here, it is nailed to the cross. All our transgressions. Verse 13, and being dead in your sins and uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Verse 14, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and it took it out of the way. Here it is, nailing it to the cross. It was between you and God. It's been taken out of the way. Your sin's no longer an obstacle. Aren't you glad of that? Your sin, doesn't matter how besetting or habitual it was, is no longer in your way. You're delivered. You're triumphant. You're complete. Yes, we're going to grow and we'll be fully complete when, we get to, when we're in Christ, but our salvation is complete. It's not halfway. We have to do half and he does half. It's complete. He also has given us a complete pardon. Complete forgiveness, not partial. Complete forgiveness. And here it is. He's also, he's given us a complete book. The word of God's complete. Leave that over there. All right. It's a complete book, amen? And all that you need to be built up and rooted in Christ, it's right here. Well, I need to, I need to read this, you know, and, and I need to read this over here, and I need to read man's interpretation of, no, you need to read the word of God. There are some very helpful men that know a lot about the Bible that can help you understand some things, but always be wary. You're not reading Scripture when you read those things. You know what? By the way, the Bible 
uh, is we need to read the Bible for what it is, not according to how the modern authors put it today, okay? I'm sorry, we should not have Christianity according to Max Lucado. We need to have Christianity according to the Word of God in Christ Jesus himself. That's what we don't need to have. It doesn't matter what. I can put any name out there of any TV evangelist or popular author today. We don't need a Christianity based on what they say. We need a Christianity based on the Word of God and what Christ expects. Because we're not going to be standing before these men at the whole throne one day, are we? No, we're going to be standing before our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who... As it says here, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily authority. And here it is in verse 10. And ye are completed in him, which is the head, which Jesus, here it is, of all principality and power. So I was like, okay, what does that mean? Well, principalities, we're talking about principalities. It means spiritual authority. Spiritual battles. We know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but Ephesians 6 says in verse 11 and 12, but against principalities and powers. The darkness that seems so strong and so prevalent, the darkness of the devil, the evil that is in the world, the evil that drives men to sin, the evil that lurks. Christ is greater than all. He's greater than all that. He is brighter than all. He has authority over it all. They all bow at his feet. And all powers in this earth, no matter how powerful, I don't care if you're the President of the United States, you're the dictator of China and Russia, it doesn't matter who you are, how big your nuclear bombs are, how many satellites you have in the sky, how big, how many men in your army, how many tanks you have, how many much advanced AI technology you have, that you can rule the world, or how much money you have. Christ is greater than all of them put together. I want to be on his side, amen? (laughs) I want him to be my commander. And you're complete in him because he never does anything incomplete. You're complete in him. The only way we're going to be rooted is if we're completely trusting and dedicated that he has all that you need. Because if you look other places, as it says here, philosophy and vain deceit, looking other places, looking after the rudiments of the world, looking at other religions, looking at other things. You know, if you look at Hinduism, you look at Buddhism. Caleb was doing world history. He's doing a study of India right now in Buddhism. Buddhism is just sad. It's a sadness, always looking for the great enlightenment, but never finding it. What an emptiness. Looking to alleviate suffering and never finding alleviation for that. It's an emptiness that only can be filled in Christ. That's why I appreciate the track that Brother Armacost brought, the true enlightenment, because that's exactly what Buddhists are looking for. The nirvana is the true enlightenment, and that's only found in Christ. John 1, 16, and of his fullness have all we received in grace for grace. You've been given so much. Don't look for to other places for what you need. And that brings us to number four. So we're, we receive Christ, we're rooted in Christ, we're completing Christ. Number four, and last this morning, triumphant in Christ. Triumphant in Christ. Verse 15, what happens? What's the end of all of this? What happens if I, I receive Christ and I and I make it my foundation and I'm rooted 
and I'm built up in him and I have everything I need and I trust him for all that I need. What happens? What's the end? Well, here it is. What are the results of this growth? Why is it important to be rooted? Verse 15, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. What is he talking about? He made a show of them openly in the cross and raising from the grave. Triumphed over the devil. The devil thought he'd won. Ha ha, I got rid of him. Ended salvation's plan for mankind. But then what do we see? Christ triumphed over death and hell in the tomb. Made an open show of them. Didn't do it secretly. Showed the whole world. And also made an open show that he was triumphant so we can see this is what he wants to do in your life. He wants you to be triumphant. He wants you. And by the way, I'm going to define this. Some people say, well, God wants you to be triumphant. He wants you to get that promotion. He wants you to make that extra $60,000 a year. He wants you to have the Ferrari. He wants to be triumphant and take life by the horns and be triumphant. That's not what I'm talking about. Because you can be triumphant in Christ and have no money. That's accessible to everybody. Amen. Because we're talking about spiritually triumphant here. But in order to be triumphant, you need to be rooted. But why is it important to be rooted? And I was like, well, why do I need to go through the time of that? Have you ever seen a tree that's just big and strong? And it's been there for years, but then the once every 50 or 60 year storm comes by. Ever seen that? And that tree that grew strong, that tree that was that was just seeming, oh, looked so wonderful. That storm came, blew right over, and you look at the roots, the root system was pitiful. Roots weren't there. But then you see the trees, you see the great sequoia trees or the great redwood trees in California that have been there for hundreds of years. And you know what? You see the root systems. I encourage you to look at a documentary on one of those. Unbelievable how much water that they move and how deep the root system go. The root systems go hundreds of feet underground so that it doesn't matter. There's no natural forces like as far as wind and rain or anything that can push them over. Because the roots are so deep. The only thing that can destroy them is, of course, infection, disease, bugs, and man. You know, there are things that we think that perhaps maybe you're one of those sequoia trees. I pray that you are. If you are, just remember the devil can still fell you. The devil can still cut you down. But in order to be that, we teach other people to be that way. You know, there are some people that, have been here, that are here today, you've been through some things. You've been through the storms. You've been through some health challenges. You've been through, you've been strained. But Christ is that rock that's unmovable, and you rooted yourself in him, and he brought you through. He brought you through the trial. He brought you through that time. Teach others how to do that. Give the testimony, if it weren't for Christ, if I hadn't taken the time to know my Bible, if I hadn't have been faithful to him, I would have made it. When we're living in the completeness of what Christ has provided, we are then triumphant in Christ. For Christ has defeated the foes. For Christ has defeated the devil. For Christ is the triumphant one. He has won all the battles for us. All the devil can do is get us to believe a lie. That's all he can do. He's a defeated foe. All he can do is get us to believe lies. That it's not worth it, that you can't win, and that he's going to win. Here are some questions for you today, and I pray you can answer them in your heart. 
Is the whole basis of your life today, right now, is your whole basis of your life in Christ Jesus and his word? That your entire life is rooted in the Bible and nothing else? It's rooted in Christ and in nothing else? It's not rooted in your desires. It's not rooted in your will. It's not rooted in anything else. It's completely rooted. Here we go. We come back to Romans 12. I know I sound like a broken record the last couple weeks. Been building up to this. But that's what it is to be rooted. Are you committed? Is that this is the all I need? You know, we sing that song, Christ is all I need, but do we really mean it? Is the whole base of your life in Christ Jesus and his word? If it isn't, then I challenge you today to make that true of you, to do that transplant and to get those roots going down into the foundation that no man can lay, that is Christ Jesus. That you want to learn how to be rooted and built up. Christ is always building and perfecting in our lives. Will you let him do that? Will you let him do that? But also I want you to look at, let's look back at 2 Timothy chapter 2. We saw this in Sunday school today. We saw in Colossians 2 verse 7, as he had been taught, 2 Timothy 2 verse 2, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men and women, faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. But Timothy's being is, these are pastoral epistles. And so what do you need to do as your pastor, Timothy? You need to commit these things to faithful men so that they're able to go and teach them to others. So that's my job as your pastor, to commit God's word to you so that you may be built up and rooted in Christ, so that you may, so that, that's right, preacher, so that we can sit here and you go teach everybody else. No, it's so you can learn to be faithful so that you may be able to teach others also. That's the biblical model. You see it here, you see it all through the New Testament. Teach others. Learn and teach others. We have an opportunity for you this year. Next week, I'm starting a Sunday school class called the Foundations Class. I have a sign-up list for it right here. And it's going to be a specific class that if you're new in Christ or if you want to gain some spiritual ground and you just say, I feel, don't feel grounded. You know what you're saying, preacher, about being rooted and grounded? I don't know if I am or not. I want to learn more about how to be. And I'm going to teach you how. Six-week class. I'm going to teach you how to do that, how you can be grounded in the Lord Jesus Christ and just practical things, uh, how we can learn, how we to study our Bible, actually know how. And I say study our Bible, I, I preach sermons on a little bit, but actually get into how you do it and have some goals. Um, then also there's a second aspect of this. So that's the foundations class. And also I have a second sheet on here called the how to disciple class. You've been a faithful Christian, you've been saved, and you've grown in the Lord, but you want to know how to teach someone else, how to disciple somebody else. How do we do it in this day and age, preacher? We're going to take some biblical principles once again, six weeks. We're going to start on Tuesday night, 6.30, and for one hour, 6.30 to 7.30 on Tuesday night, starting not this week, but next week. I'm going to be gone for two weeks. We'll take a break there, and then we'll finish it up. And it's not a soul winning class. It's just how do you encourage and build up people in the Lord? We're going to go through uh, how to encourage someone, how to pray for someone, 
how to help someone overcome a sin, how to keep, how to be an accountability partner to somebody. We're going to go over those things. And just maybe you already know how to do some of that. Praise the Lord. Come and be an encouragement. Maybe you have something, to, uh, some wisdom you can share about how to help somebody. And that will encourage. Maybe you've always wanted to do that. And I want to know how to help somebody. I want to know how to encourage my coworkers. I want to know how to encourage my fellow Christians. How do I do that? Well, you're going to learn how. And so I've given you the tools, but it's up to you to use them. And these are things that I do with people and that others have taught me to do. But will you let him be the root of your life? If he is, give praise to him. And as it says here, with thanksgiving, amen. Verse 7. Let's go back over here to Second or Chronicles 2, verse 7. What does it say at the end? Root and built up in him and established in the faith as he had been taught, abounding therein, here it is, with thanksgiving. Abounding in it, growing in it, and being thankful. Praise God, I'm saved. Praise God, I'm on the path. Praise God, I have the Bible. Praise God, someone taught me. Then pass it on. When you're excited about that, praise God that you were in a family. Praise God you were in a church. Praise God you're in a Sunday school class. Praise God someone taught you. And if you're thankful for it and you're excited about it, guess what? You want to tell someone else about it. Be that person that passes it on. The roles change. You were the learner. Now you're the teacher. What lesson are you teaching with your life? You know, some people say, well, preacher, you don't know what I've been involved in. You don't know what's happened in my life. I'm not, a, you know, I'm not, I don't have a perfect life. The Bible never says that you have to be a perfect, have a perfect life in order to be a teacher. Because not to be honest, none of us have perfect lives. All of us have a past. All of us have sin. All of us have made mistakes. But you know what? God uses those lessons you've learned. Teach it to other people so they don't have to go through all of that. Amen. Teach it to your kids. Teach it to people. Teach it to everybody. He said, hey, don't do what I did. I fell into the pit and God delivered me. Don't fall in it. Stay away from it. It's real. If you do that, God will use you in a great way. And that's how God takes your defeat and turns it into victory. It was your defeat, but he turns it into someone else's victory. Amen. Let God use you. But you know what that takes? That takes humility. That takes allowing yourself to be put out there. It takes vulnerability. It takes trust. Are you willing to trust Christ and let you do that this, this year? I'm challenging you with that. God is triumphant. Isaiah 49, verses 24 and 25 says, Shall the prey be taken from the mighty, or the lawful captive delivered? But thus saith the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away, and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. For I will contend with him that contendeth with thee, and I will save thy children. That's the promise of the Lord. He's our deliverer. We're complete in him. Will you be built up in Christ? Will you learn? Or will you teach? The choice is up to you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for today. I pray your blessing. Dear Lord, for those that want to learn, they have an opportunity, Lord, to be discipled and to learn, to grow deeper. I pray that they would take advantage of that and learn, dear Lord. I pray your blessing on that. I pray that you would also be with those that have learned, they've been saved and they've been rooted and they've grown. Pray that, Lord, you place a burden upon their heart to teach and to share. 
But Lord, help us to be worthy of that teacher's position to live the best way we know how, according to your word. We know we're not perfect, Lord. We know we don't know everything yet. Lord, I pray, dear Lord, I pray, I pray that the mature Christians of this body would have a burden and a fire in their heart to take someone under wing, to disciple them, to encourage them, to bring them along, to teach them as they've been taught, and to see true growth, dear Lord, in those people's lives. This is what you command us to do preach the gospel, Lord, but also in the Great Commission, teach them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. You command us to teach. I pray that you bring those teachers forth out of this assembly this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.